1: Inside sources inside, inside sources where KSL offers you talk
2: deeper insights on the news. Here's our host Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Well Turkey has been an important NATO member when it comes to geopolitics. It's poised to only grow in power and prominence as the world becomes increasingly connected. Uh, of course, uh, ties with Russia are always interesting and a concern. So the question then becomes, how does the U.S. view this region of the world? What should we be watching for? What does it all mean? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. Well, whenever we want to go behind the scenes and get the ultimate inside source when it comes to Turkey, we go to the current U.S. ambassador to Turkey, Jeff Flake, of course, former senator from Arizona. And uh, Mr. Ambassador, thanks so much for joining us
1: today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Boyd. Uh,
2: so give us a, a quick update, first of all, in terms of what's been happening uh, in your role there as uh U.S. ambassador to Turkey.
1: Well, I'm visiting Utah just uh, for the Christmas holiday, uh, but um, we've been there for a year now, so we'll be going back this weekend. And soon after we arrived last January, just February 24th, I believe it was, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, and uh, Turkey, as you know, is right In the middle of that area, shares a maritime border with Ukraine and and Russia. And uh, so that has kind of uh, been the dominant uh, item uh, in my year there so far.
2: Yeah, that's uh, such an interesting component. Most people don't think about that in terms of uh, those waterways uh, and what that actually means. So describe that in a little more detail in terms of what that looks like, what the dynamics are, and what that actually means for Ukraine
1: and for Turkey yes well, well Turkey as a nato ally uh has been for seventy years uh, celebrated seventy years last year uh in nato and uh has uh, the largest uh land force the largest f sixteen fleet um, other than the united states uh, in nato so an important ally but they also uh have relations with uh russia they depend on russia for natural gas as does much much of europe uh but also trade and tourism um and so they have a relationship there. So they, it, it's it's a little frustrating at times. They they do they have helped in many ways with Ukraine. Uh, very importantly, you mentioned waterways. Uh, Turkey, uh, within five days of the invasion of Ukraine, they invoked what's called the Montreux Treaty, uh, which uh, uh, which gives Turkey the right to refuse entry into the Black Sea through the Bosphorus Strait of any Russian war vessels, and and that has been extremely important. Uh, I think Russia assumed the war would be over within a few days, and they wouldn't have needed any more assets in the Black Sea. But as it's turned out, they have. And so that's been a very important thing.
2: Uh, And I think that's one that's really gone under the radar for uh, most Americans. Uh, That that was such a a critical component in terms of those war vessels not being able to go through uh, and enter that, which, of course, would have uh, ultimately just surrounded Ukraine uh, on all sides and fronts, including the water. Uh, and so th- it is one of those things as part of, of NATO uh, how does that how does that partnership from from your viewpoint uh, it's so interconnected as you mentioned natural gas and tourism and trade and all of those things uh, how is that holding up? what are the strains that you're seeing uh, there on the government uh, in Turkey as it relates to balancing those NATO commitments as well as uh, the reality of their interconnectedness with Russia
1: right? well it's difficult it's a balancing act uh, but uh, the fact that turkey is in the middle of it has proved beneficial in some areas uh, for example the grain deal uh, that was negotiated which allows uh, ukraine to still uh, you know ship their grain out uh, through the black sea uh, you know through the bosphorus straits controlled by turkey that was uh, negotiated by by turkey and no other country could have done that uh, subsequent agreements, prisoner swaps and other things have also been negotiated by uh, Turkey. And so so they've been uh, important in that regard. Uh, but as you mentioned, they, they do have a trading relationship uh, with Russia. Um, they're, they're neighbors <laughs> in many ways. And uh, and that becomes difficult because obviously Putin gets upset when, when uh, Turkey, for example, uh, uh, has a commercial relationship with uh, Ukraine that allows them to sell drones that have been extremely effective against russia mm. uh, so there there's always that kind of friction and we appreciate uh, turkey's partnership on that
2: yeah i think they have been a a, crucial, a very quiet partner but a very crucial partner I, I think for the united states and for ukraine throughout again coming up on a year uh, just so fascinating there uh, give me some perspective as well in terms of uh syria that also becomes another interesting dynamic as it relates to turkey
1: yeah, Syria, right next door. Uh, Turkey um, hosts about four million refugees. About three point seven of them are Syrian that have uh, left uh, Syria during that uh, civil war there, and uh, Turkey really doesn't get the credit it deserves for being a generous host uh, to those refugees. If you can imagine, uh, that that's uh, that's a lot. It's a huge part of the population, uh, but there are frictions there as well. We, you know, have had this anti-ISIS campaign in northeast Syria. Uh, we've partnered with the SDF or Syrian Defense Force uh, to help us get rid of ISIS. Uh, but many in the Syrian Defense Force are, uh, are considered by Turkey to be terrorists, part of the PKK. And so that, that is a, a point of friction and disagreement uh, between us and, uh, and and Turkey. But um, we, we try to work it out
2: yeah you mentioned the just the the millions of, of refugees that that those numbers are so hard for me to wrap my head around in terms of what that means. I mean that's basically bringing a whole state uh, of people uh, into your country. Uh, describe for us some of the partnerships there in in terms of what Turkey has been able to do to partner with the u s and and other organizations to help deal with such a an influx of of refugees.
1: Well, right. Um, the EU has been concerned, obviously, that refugees from Syria, that if uh, left unchecked, there'd just be an endless flow uh, up into Europe. And a lot of uh, countries have been very resistant. So there have been partnerships uh, with Turkey to try to keep uh, the refugees there. Um, and, uh, and and Turkey does receive some compensation from the EU and from U.N. agencies and and others and help from us, but not nearly Uh the cost that they bear uh, with nearly 4 million refugees. And it's not just Syrians as well. Um, You've had Afghan refugees. uh, There are about 60,000 Uyghur refugees from China Mm. uh, persecuted by the Chinese regime. But uh, Turkey uh, has refused to send them back, uh, something that China has insisted on. But Turkey won't do it. And that's that's, uh, good on them. (laughs) so, they they've helped in those areas and uh and we're grateful.
2: Yeah, uh, that, that that's extraordinary and again that's not something that gets talked about it's be it's beyond the headlines. Uh, and that is extraordinary work. Uh, even the 60,000 Uyghurs, I was not aware of that. Uh, and such an important thing for such a persecuted uh, religious minority coming out of China. All of that is is so fascinating. If you're just joining us, we're going to stay with the conversation a little bit longer. We're going to stay with uh, U.S. Ambassador to Turkey, Jeff Flake, uh, coming up more on Inside Sources. Stick around. We'll be right back. Boyd-Matheson on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources with Boyd-Matheson.
0: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She
1: was tear-gassed and beaten.
0: Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. In the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at KSLPodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.
2: Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you as always. I am Boyd Matheson, and we're very pleased to have uh, sticking around, uh, staying with the conversation just a little bit longer, U.S. Ambassador to Turkey, Jeff Flake, of course, former senator from the state of Arizona and uh, one of the great thinkers and someone who's uh, like uh, we've been po- focusing on uh, Pope Benedict the 16th this idea of being able to think a little deeper even to not just think in sound bites but to think in paragraphs and uh, mr ambassador I, you're one of those who have done that clearly throughout your career in the house in the senate uh, and as ambassador to turkey for the united states and as, as you look at all of the election things that are happening, including elections that will be upcoming in Turkey and in other places uh, important around the regions. Give us just some reflections, uh, both starting with kind of the things we're dealing with here in the United States and then how that translates across the globe.
1: Well, I have to say uh, it was extremely heartening to see uh, the midterm elections, and I'm not uh, discussing, you know, how it came out, which party gained more or which party lost more. Uh, But the fact that, uh, by and large, with the few exceptions in Arizona, in my state, uh, but by and large across the country, those who were defeated accepted their loss and uh, and, and said, you know, I'll run again. or <laughs> more I'll, I'll uh, retire or, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get a better argument next time uh, rather than uh, challenging the process. And, uh, and that's good. And, and I can tell you that helps so much overseas. Um, I was very worried how this would come out. Uh, because after January sixth, obviously that was not the best look for the United States. Uh, you know, around the world, uh, with with other countries that have elections, we always want them to be free and fair, and and for countries to respect those elections. And uh, we have to set a good example here. And I'm glad uh, in the midterms uh, we generally have.
2: Yeah, and I, I thought that was uh, important. And there are. Uh, we always have to recognize on both sides of the aisle, there are always things that get challenged in, in any elections, and those kinds of things are fine. If there was an irregularity or something that looked suspicious, of course, that should be checked and filed and figured out and, and resolved. And in most cases, that is what happens. And I think in the midterms, that's exactly what happened. There were a few cases where things got challenged or lawyers got involved and that's fine. It got resolved quickly you bet. and, and yeah. uh, we move on. But describe to us the impact of that in a place like Turkey uh, with an upcoming election. Uh, what is the dynamic there? What does that look like?
1: Well, Turkey is celebrating its uh, 100 years of uh, of existence as a modern state um, this this year and there are elections coming up, uh, likely in, in May or June, and uh, these are Im- important elections. You had uh, a government uh, that's been a party that's been in control for about uh, 20 years, um, and there, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a hard-fought election with the opposition parties uh, coming together, and uh, there's, uh, you know, some concern around that uh, that you know they. The losing party won't respect the outcome, but uh, I believe they will. Uh, you know, democracy is really kind of after a hundred years in the DNA of most Turks, and uh, they value their franchise, and that's important. And so, I I'm, I'm uh, pleased to to say that I think that the uh, the result will be respected.
2: Yeah, and that's, and that is amazing. A hundred years, uh, and it does become part of the DNA. Uh, I think that's something that's uh, that is unique. That the more freedom uh, and democracy continue to move and evolve and over even, even overcome challenging situations, it does become part of that DNA. Uh, and I think that's the thing that we're hoping for in a lot of other places around the world and in that region in particular, is if they could just turn it over a couple more times uh, and that change of power a couple of times, it does build more confidence in the people uh, that they actually do control their destiny in the future.
1: Yeah, um, my wife and I were fortunate to be in the country of Namibia in 1989 when they had their first first elections uh, and wrote their constitution, and and to be able to watch that country. And you know, after uh, 25, 30 years, and now um, you know it's it's kind of in their DNA as well, and it's wonderful to see that. Um, and I've also you know spent time in countries like Zimbabwe where it hasn't taken such a route, and uh, and it and it becomes a problem of governance uh, and and really short circuits uh, you know the the dreams and aspirations of people there so we're we're really grateful to be where we are in turkey uh, i should mention that uh turkey is is endeavoring to have uh, the rest of the world uh say turkey like the turks do and that's turkiye <laughs> and uh <laughs> And I, I, I think that that's a good move. Uh, I, I think that that uh, sounds more exotic, Turkey, and uh, it's a wonderful country. And gratefully, uh, the increase of American visitors. Uh, a lot of them, my friends and family. <laughs> <Isn't that about laughs> it's a good thing that, you got a big family there. <laughs> that's right. Uh, it's about 700 percent increase over the last year, and, uh, and it's still growing, and that's good. There's a, there's a lot to see there.
2: That's great. As you have learned and, and been there for a year now, and uh, I'll try to say it right, Turkey, eh? uh, as you've been there as the ambassador, what are some of the things that have surprised you that you have learned not only about the government and the the interaction of the, the diplomatic corps there, uh, but of the people, what have you what have you learned? What has surprised you?
1: Well, we were fortunate uh, when we went there. Uh, my wife had spent more time in Turkey than I have. Uh, she was there as a BYU Young Ambassador oh, wow. in in the nineteen eighties, and uh, you know, in her photo album from that time, uh, she had a picture in Istanbul that said, "My favorite place oh. all the places she visited." <laughs> And so it was she may uh, she may run for
2: president there <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was it was an an easy call, and people love it that uh that, that she was there and and that, that we love it so much. I tell you the people there what she remembers most is the uh, generosity and uh just the kindness of the people and that's certainly the case um and and that's that I shouldn't say that it surprised me but uh but it has uh, we've just been warmly received and uh, even if uh, Turks have differences with our policies, perhaps in Syria or elsewhere, uh, they are extremely kind and generous people. And, uh, and, and I try to remind my former colleagues uh, in the House and the Senate uh, that sometimes we'll say, well, Turkey is doing this. We don't like it. We don't like their attitude toward Greece or this or that. And maybe we should, uh, you know, uh, maybe rethink their membership in NATO or whatever else I try to remind them that, uh, you know, governments change, but geography doesn't. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and Turkey will always be important because it's right in the middle of it. And uh, we have obviously complicated relationships with many countries. In, in many ways, our relationship with Turkey is complicated. But, uh, but they are helping in numerous ways. And in particular, uh, with the war with Ukraine, they have been steadfast supporters of Ukrainian sovereignty and, and have not wavered there at all. Uh, even given uh, their, their complex relationship with Russia. Uh,
2: so important. And final question for you, Ambassador. Uh, what is the thing that we should be watching uh, in the uh, the months ahead as it relates to Turkey and, and the U.S. relations there? Are there things that we should be watching or anything else on the horizon uh, that, that you have on your view uh, that we ought to be watching for as well?
1: Well, obviously, with elections coming up, um, you know, to see what uh, may be divided government there, like we have here. And by the way, here, i I've, I've, after years in politics, I've come to the conclusion that divided government is usually the best government. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so, but, uh, but one, watch the elections there and see how that goes. But two, um, you know, the what happens with the, the war in Ukraine—that's going to do so much to shape. Uh, that region and to shape the world. And it's really difficult for countries in that uh, region to even imagine uh, a world where Russia is not dominant and is not a malign force. Uh, and so it's it's uh, tough to imagine, but obviously there are going to be changes and uh, we don't know how long they'll take. But boy, I can tell you, I'm, I'm continually impressed as are, I think, most Americans by the resolve and resilience of the Ukrainian people going through a cold winter right now, uh, but uh, but I can tell you a lot of, of what we consider uh, as good and what we value in democracy uh, will depend on, on the outcome of the uh, outcome of that struggle. Uh,
2: no question. Uh, great insight as always, U.S. Ambassador to Turkey. Uh, we'll say we'll try to say as best as we can here. Uh The <laughs> uh, U.S. Ambassador Jeff Flake, uh, thank you so much for taking time today. We're glad to have you in the state, even just for a couple of days. Uh, safe travels uh, back uh, and uh, to your duties there, and we appreciate you taking some time to give us some insight on an important ally. Who's doing some important work, much of it behind the scenes, but making a difference in Ukraine for refugees uh, of all types, uh, and just such an important thing. Uh, thanks again so much for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. All right, again, that's uh, U.S. Ambassador to Turkey. We'll call it right, uh, Jeff Flake, and uh, I think there's some really important things to to dig into there uh, that the ambassador pointed out. Uh, again, it, it, this kind of thinking is is just. Different. Uh, he's not. He's not there just doing uh, the surfacey diplomatic stuff uh, that we often see. Uh, he's doing the the behind the scenes stuff, and to, to get a clear perception there in terms of what uh, Turkey is doing as it relates to uh, the the wartime efforts, the the maritime uh, elements there in terms of not allowing. Russian war vessels uh, into that space in the Black Sea. That is immense, Uh, and especially early on. I think that was so crucial that Russia just couldn't move uh, their ships and subs uh, into that space because Turkey said no. Uh, That's critical. That's really important work that, again, not a lot of people talked about or said anything about, uh, and that's really vital. And as the ambassador mentioned, uh, they have a very complicated relationship. Uh, with Russia, obviously, natural gas, big part of that uh, tourism, a lot of trade that goes back and forth there. Uh, and so it's a it's a tricky thing for Turkey. But they seem to be managing that and handling that pretty well in terms of both their commitment as a NATO ally uh, and also being able to keep their country going. Uh, so all of that is really interesting. And I, I am most fascinated by what the ambassador shared with us about what they are doing in terms of refugees. Four million refugees. Uh, That's the state of Utah plus. Imagine that just coming in, uh, doubling the size of the state with refugees and to be able to handle that. And not just uh, refugees coming out of Syria. A lot of them are that. Uh, He mentioned there were over 60,000 of the Uyghurs. Uh, And again, this is a religious group uh, that is being persecuted uh, by China, by the government of China. And China wants the 60,000 refugees sent back. And Turkey said, no, they're allowed to stay here. Uh, And so a lot of that never gets into the news. Uh, It's not the headline. uh, But that is real work. And that is what making a difference uh, actually looks like. Uh, So, again, great thanks to uh, Ambassador Jeff Flake uh, for taking some time while he's here in the state of Utah. He'll be flying back to Turkey Uh, in the coming days, and then back to his role and his post there as the U.S. ambassador. And it's a great insight there. Well, as we get ready to move towards the bottom of the hour, just want to give you a quick update on the House of Representatives. They are in round six of the speaker vote. They're just rounding it out. Uh, There are just a few votes left to be taken. And once again, it is clear that Kevin McCarthy does not have enough votes in round number six. Now, I'm hearing a lot of rumblings from uh, my sources in D.C. I think they are going to move to adjourn after this vote is completed. They have to get 218 people to agree to adjourn. And if they adjourn, I understand that there will be a behind-closed-doors meeting meeting with Kevin McCarthy, four of his key people, uh, along with four members of this group of 20 of the Freedom Caucus uh, to try to negotiate a way out, a way forward, and a way to get a Speaker of the House. We'll step aside for Bottom of the Hour news. More Inside Sources coming up next. Stick with us.
1: A gun in the face.
2: Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought...